Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str. somehow ended up listening to the stuff that's real that you didn't know was real but also is cool podcast or sturdy dick were bayek or uh never mind well hey everybody thanks for tuning in to another stuff that's real podcast where i kevin tomlinson and my glorious and beautiful, uh, sexy-voiced co-host, Nick Thacker, uh, will tell you all about things that we've found through our research online uh, and elsewhere. Uh, as we research our thriller novels, uh, stuff that we find that is real, uh, that is kind of interesting, uh, and is uh, you, you probably did not know was real. I, I, that's, that's me butchering the entire concept and title of the I show. think you nailed it. I think that's exactly but, uh, what it is. <laughs> Stuff that's real that you did not know was real, but is also cool. So, hey, Nick. I was, I'm, 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 you know, I was wondering who the co-host was going to be when you introduced the sexy, dulcet You know tone. what? I got on a roll, and I almost <laughs> introduced myself as my own co-host. It's, it, it, it was almost a slip. So Now, that would be a, that would be a show for Kevin Tomlinson to just – you know, hey, I'm. This is Kevin Tomlinson. I'm here with Kevin Tomlinson, and we're going to argue about the best Star Wars movie. Here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> I have some brilliant and boneheaded opinions about the best Star Star Wars movie, so it would be an interesting conversation for me to have with myself. Yeah, I too could argue with myself. I, I think that would be that would be fun. Yeah. So, what is going on, man? You. Uh, you got something in, let's we'll dive right in what enough Ooh, with diving the, in deep around yeah uh, diving in deep and that's yeah that's a decent segue too because this I'm thing was something this yeah go ahead you're gonna make me go, go okay i'm gonna make you go the, first um, this time. that's fine that's fine um this this is a thing that you would have had to dive in deep to find i believe because i believe it was found in the bottom of the sea and deep at the depths of the ocean uh, and this thing is considered the world's first computer, right? Okay. Remember this thing, the uh, the anti-Kythera me- mechanism. Yeah, yeah. Um, this guy is uh, it's been underwater. Was underwater for two thousand years. So already that's that puts us back to like you know, Jesus is eight years old kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is 20 or something like that, right? Like he's just hanging out, doing his thing in between when he was born and when he becomes famous. Uh, that's that's about the time this thing was found. But we, that is that's not even necessarily when it was when it was made. This was probably somewhere you know hundreds of years before that because it was made out of stone um, and it was um, able to survive that long under the ocean. So pretty well made uh, piece of technology here. But it, the, the anti-Kythera mechanism. 
um, yeah. is considered by some to be the world's first computer. And of course, that is tongue in cheek. Um, it's not going to have a hard drive and some RAM and a monitor and keyboard and all that because, you know, we all know Steve Jobs invented that stuff. Um, yeah. This, 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 this is, is more, more like, like a Windows uh, machine. <laughs> this is more exactly. This is exactly where I was going. This is more like, you know, <laughs> Bill Gates's first computer. Um, yeah. You know, uh, no, not not everything we say in the show is going to be true, folks. Don't uh, don't go. You know, yeah, that, don't don't go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't quote us on that. <laughs> um, the re- so the, it's called the Antikythera. That actually Antikythera or Antikythera, probably Antikythera, um, is an island off the coast of Greece or part of it's part of Greece. And most of Greece is an island, I should say. Um, and so Antikythera was was the mechanism or the little piece of stone. Um, computing device that was found off the coast of it. Um, it was a shipwreck. And so these divers found it and, you know, cleaned it up a little bit, sent it to the National Archaeological Museum in Athens. Um, it's this green, emeraldy, forest green thing from just weathered, uh, or I should say, you know, sea, <laughs> um, the time, everything. They look like mold, but it's not. But um, it's these little gears almost yeah that are inside there and it looks like mold or something but it's actually little gears with these perfectly figured triangular teeth i'm trying to describe it um but there's an article that describes it better but i mean you can clearly tell not only is it human made this is human crafted like this thing is very very well produced well made It, it looks one of a kind you know um and and obviously looks worn down over the centuries but you can still see that this was like the equivalent of a Swiss watch. I mean, this was very, very, very intricate. Um, yep. And uh, it's it's got kind of like these rings, almost like a protractor, you know. Um, and the, the reason it's it's fascinating, besides just being really cool, is that nothing even comes close to this that's been that that's that old. Nothing. We had right. no idea that people were making stuff like this back then. Uh, or maybe this is just the only one that was ever made, which I find a little implausible. Yeah. Um, Right. So we guess, I guess we're, we assume that it's like um, some kind of astronomical device that's supposed to calculate celestial yeah. bodies moving around. And I'm sure not all of them at once, because there's a lot of celestial bodies, but <laughs> specific ones that would have been useful to seafaring um, peoples, probably Greeks, you know, seafaring guys that, that wanted to navigate. Um, yep. But in this article I'm reading, you know, it, it looks like in the 70s and 90s, they did some x-ray imaging on it. Um, and it, it does reveal that the device would have replicated the motions of the heavens is the way they put it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could, you could track the paths of the sun, the moon, the planets, uh, that they knew about at the time, of course. Um, but yeah, so one investigator called it an ancient Greek computer, which is why it becomes the world's first computer. That's literally what it is. It's a computing yeah. device that computes paths of the heavens. I find this thing just imminently fascinating. I know, you know, a lot about it as well. We both kind of written about it in different ways. Yeah, uh, yeah, just really, really, really cool looking thing. Um, In a way, else, it's go, kind go of check uh, out a picture of it. Yeah, I mean, and when we say computer, I was about to say something, and it it sparked this. But you know, when we say computer, it is you know, we think of computers today as digital devices and you know displays and that sort of thing. But uh, the term computer has been around for you know hundreds of years, um, and it's it is literally a device that does computation so you know um in most cases that would mean mathematics but in this case it it was it is almost like a calculator in a sense in that uh, you could dial ahead uh you could you know sort of uh, get an idea of where the the heavenly bodies would be at a certain date and time 
so stuff like this was always important in with seagoing cultures, if only because it would help you locate where you were. Uh, it was a way exactly. for you to, yeah. to find your location um, because you could look up at the night sky and compare it to, you know, and know the date. If you know the date and you know uh, what the sky looks like above you, uh, th- that can ha- kind of help you with navigation. So um, don't ask me how any of that works. I, I know a little bit about how that works, <laughs> but uh, I've done enough research to kind of be somewhat familiar with it. But the the actual mechanics of it, I would probably be lost at sea for you know, the remainder of my very short life um, if I had to depend on yeah. this device. So, it, so and what, here's what's fascinating to me about this, Kevin. Uh, and you and I have talked about this at length. Um, and so this isn't going to be any news to anyone who's heard you know, half of one episode of this show. Um, yeah. But when was the, when was Galileo Galilei? Um, was that like 1600s, 1400s, 15, something like that? 16th century or whatever, when he was, you know, the, the Italian uh, astronomer, um, astrologist or whatever you call it, not astrologist, um, astronomer, I guess, um, mathematician, scientist, you know, when was he making bold claims like the Earth, you know, orbits the sun? Um, so um, he lived in like the 1500s to 1600s. 15th, so. okay. So 16th, yeah, 16th century, right? 16th century, I mean, he's yeah. making making claims that the, the church um, is calling him a heretic for um, yes. This is that that time when you know the, the Catholic Church ran the world, and they were like, you know, hey, you can't be saying stuff like that because we know clearly that everything revolves around the earth. Everything's about us, right? It's all about me. Yeah. Um, and so I find it very fascinating that a computer that they found at the bottom of the ocean that they found probably sank two thousand years ago, but was clearly made, you know, years and possibly yes. hundreds of years before that. Yeah. Uh, would not have worked if <laughs> if the sun did in fact orbit the earth um that's that is what's wrong, fascinating right? about this uh and it is more proof we, we're discovering as as graham hancock likes to say stuff keeps getting older um we keep discovering that human culture human civil civilization and human technology goes back way uh, deeper into our past than we really ever assumed or, or thought we knew um, to the point where, you know, we, we believe now that we may have misdated several things that we've always kind of relied on as, as benchmarks of history, like the, the pyramids and the, the Sphinx and things like that, that um, we now think are far, far older than what we ever assumed uh, were built by people we don't know can't know uh no nothing left of their of that culture for us to be able to piece it together so technologies like this when they emerge uh they tell us a they hint at a story that is so far beyond what we currently know and believe it, it it's just it's just mind-boggling you know these ancient yeah, technologies show me, up all the time <laughs> they, they do and what's sad to me about it all is that you know there's this there's this collective body of knowledge and some would say wisdom and I would say false, <laughs> um, yeah. this body of knowledge that, um, you know, Hey, we already know how old things like the Sphinx and the pyramid are. So let's focus on other things. Yeah. Um, and they just refuse to, you know, academic, uh, circles refuses to acknowledge that things may not be what they think they are. You know, they may be yeah. older than that. And when you, uh, the only way at- to find out is to go discover, you know, and we're not spending yeah. money and time and resources to go f- discover. You start looking at some of the uh, writings and artwork and things that are that are inscribed in stone on some of these, uh, like the the pyramids and the uh, 
there's all these like monolith stones. If you go into like Aztec and Mayan culture, you see this stuff. There's hints of technology and it is recognizable as technology that we we can't find any evidence for, but it clearly existed. You know, it was clearly there. Yeah. We, um, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And who knows what could have happened. You know, if we had a, 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 a technologically advanced society that crumbled because of a natural disaster or some other event, um, that technology could be could have been lost because of that. But if you think about it, like one of the things that's happened a lot in, uh, uh, say, Egypt uh, a lot of tombs and things were raided by people looking for gold and other materials so that they could, you know, ransack it and make, um, make a fortune, you know? Uh, so the same thing, it's, it, that stuff could have been there, but has been not just buried, but destroyed. So finding little things like this is just it's kind of an interesting peek. It, it's in some Saudi Arabian prince's like living room on his wall, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. been s- stolen from a tomb and sold in the black market a thousand times. And the answer to all of our like really, really big mind boggling questions about where humanity came from is probably like a mantelpiece in some living room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, the- I will say this, the, um, <laughs> one of the things that we know does happen for certain is that, uh, when a new regime rises, uh, they want to wipe out, uh, anything to do with the, with the old world. Sorry. I just kicked yeah. my dog. Uh, sorry, baby girl. Um, she's under, <laughs> she's under this desk and I, uh, managed to bop sounds, her in the nose. Sounds like her fault. Yeah. That's, that's well, her fault. Anyway. Uh, so we know that these, these groups go in and they destroy artwork, uh, literature, anything they can get their hands on. So there is a component of, you know, history being wiped out on purpose. And uh, this particularly happens quite a bit in like the the Middle East right now. Uh, you can just see it play out on TV. There, these guys are going in like uh, just a couple of years. There's a few years ago now. The uh, the Egyptian uh, Museum of History, I think, is the name of it. Uh, but they, you know, they bombed the place and then went in and stole everything they could and destroyed everything they could get their hands on. So yeah, all that history just gone. So ah. Sad. <laughs> sad. Very sad. Anyway. anyway. Well, make us not sad. Make us you not sad. Uh, that, uh, and it's, that's a little bit happier. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, if these guys, instead of trying to steal gold from tombs uh, and ruining our history, had just used their noggins a little more, they might have been on par with our good friend Isaac Newton, who was, uh, we have discovered over the past uh, few years, uh you know, we always think of Isaac Newton as being a huge contributor to to the world of science, to physics itself, right? Like Newtonian physics was the was the uh, standard for us for for the better part of a couple of centuries, right? Um, yeah, it was like the three, definition three of physics, like classical physics. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Uh, so you know, we credit him with the discovery of gravity as a force. We just we credit him with all kinds of things. Uh, I wrote about. Uh, one of Newton's passions because he had a he was very interested in uh, the sound and how sound could change the human brain basically uh, this dude did crazy stuff he, he did things like you know uh, he wanted to study how light uh, interacted with the human eye so he did things like take a, um, a knitting needle 
and poke his eye with it uh, to change the shape of his eye to see if it changed the way light looked. Uh, so the dude was not afraid to experiment. Um, As one does. But, <laughs> what, and who hasn't really jabbed a, a, a sewing needle in their eye? Needle and thought, I'm going to put that in my so, eye. That, that looks like that could change the way color looks. Um, but something that we've only sort of recently discovered is that Newton actually kept a series um, of notebooks that were all geared around what we now call alchemy. Uh, so, and, and he studied like the occult and, and uh, mysticism and things like that. Uh, and in, in a search for what would basically be um, a way to transmute one substance into another, specifically turn things into gold, right? Um, and I think knowing is what I know about Isaac Newton. This makes total sense to me that he would be looking into this because he was one of those guys that's like, okay, well, I figured out what gravity, you know, how gravity works, or at least uh, I figured out a theory of gravity. Um, now I want to go move on to other things, you know? And so he just kept kind of cascading into other areas of interest but we in uh we've we've come across several of these actually and i think the article i shared with you only talks about one in particular but he actually has a recipe for what's called let me see if i can find what it's called uh suffolk mercury yeah that's that's it and uh i was trying to i had just had it on screen and it's now disappeared but it is a it's considered to be like a primary uh, component in creating a philosopher's stone. And if okay. you're at all familiar with the original Harry Potter, uh, Harry Potter and the philosopher's stone, uh, they actually talk about it in that book. Uh, but Sophic Merc Mercury was used to create a philosopher's stone, which was the uh, tool that alchemists used to, cr to transmute uh, matter and also heal the sick and do all kinds of miraculous things. So, um, so Newton actually spent a great deal of time uh, looking into these things to figure out if he could create this. Um, I think it was sort of a a genuine interest kind of thing. I don't I don't think he necessarily was you know like signing deals with the devil and learning ancient dark arts or anything like that. I think this was just more science to him. You know uh, this, and I it, there is some some basis for this idea in science because there are elements such as lead that is only like one i think it's one electron away from being gold um and if we could figure out how to how to do that uh you know we could tr we could transmute lead into gold and that that was always the um that was always the thing, uh, the term just blew right out of my head, man. The, but that it was always the thing that everybody was after, you know, that was, that was the MacGuffin of the universe. They wanted the Holy Grail. To, uh, the Holy Grail is probably a good way to put it. So, yeah. uh, the, you know, the <clears throat> fact that Isaac Newton was looking for that um, is not surprising. What's cool to me, though, is these, these notebooks were... Um, Essentially, he, he you know he he encoded all this stuff. He, he kept it secret, right? So there could there are people who believe that a lot of his other works may contain secrets and hints uh, geared towards this that he hid right out in the open. So it's sort of a Da Vinci Code kind of kind of idea. So that's to me that is just fascinating that he you know 
he was actually doing on. If you look at his history, man, he's he's got a ton of work in every field of physics, like everything you can imagine. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm all I'm ch- we mentioned this in the last podcast we did, but uh, for some reason there's like some kind of haze or something in here, and it's choking me. <laughs> if I re- I recall, um, Newton did a lot of his. I don't want to say, I don't know, best work, because he was pretty smart. He did a lot of good work. But a big part of why he did some of this work, and I don't know if this was the alchemy stuff, but um, he uh, he was on, basically everyone was on furlough for um, the Black Plague, I think, came through. Um, and they, they quarantined. They had, to, they had to stay away from the school or something like that. And so he was, like, isolated. Um, I don't remember the details. Do you remember the details of this? Yeah, he couldn't go to Disney World. Uh, had to keep a mask on at all times. That's what it was. Uh, yeah, had to wear yeah. a mask. So all no, times. Yeah, I, I remember hearing something like that. Um, that makes sense. Actually. People were just they were just saying that's why a lot of his uh, his greatest work came out when he just had this time of like forced focus is essentially what what it comes down to. Yeah. And of course, back then, I don't think Facebook was around. I could be wrong, but um, he probably didn't have time to like doom scroll all day long, you know, and just, right. <laughs> and get exactly. lost in his own uh, digital universe like the rest of us do. But, um, you know, everyone else is freaking out about not dying um, from an actual, you know, plague that was killing people um, <laughs> rapidly. Um, he was like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do some science experiments and then ended up, you know, doing all kinds of uh, really crazy stuff. And so I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that was when he did this alchemy stuff, but I've read a little bit about this because I've read your your book um, where, you know, Newton factors in. Yeah. And uh, and I was fascinated. I was like, oh, this is cool. I, I need to know more about this. Yeah, there's a lot more, more to that guy than you think. You, you always think of him as being just the guy the apple <laughs> fell on, but he actually um, – he was a pretty remarkable scientist and you know a, a brilliant mind. So worth paying attention to, especially if you're an author. I mean, he's he's somebody that you can. Uh, he's just there's an endless number of stories I can spin off of that guy's history mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point yeah, where I don't want to because if I if I use too many, it it starts to get you know oh it's he's pulling out Newton again you know. Like that's what I worry about. It's, it becomes like Nazis in thriller fiction, right? It's, it's like, exactly oh, it's right. Nazis. Yeah. It's Nazis. So again. yeah, I, I'm going to write the book where uh, you know Newton encounters the Nazis um, and, and fights Nazis. I'll have to get that one. I'll, I'll get that one pulled together. <laughs> Nutsi the Nazi fighter. No, New, Newton the Nazi Newton, fighter. Newton, Newton builds a tank. Uh, and there you go. I think you got a new Doctor Seuss book series coming out. <laughs> right. Newton, Newton builds a tank. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Let's. Uh, that's been a particularly little shorter episode today, which that's fine. Um, we covered a lot of really fascinating stuff, I think. And um, they don't always have to be long. They, they can be long. sometimes be short and to the point. <laughs> yeah, little little tidbits of of wisdom there dropped on everybody. Yeah. Um, if you like these uh, little nuggets of wisdom, we want to hear. We want we want to know from you. You can of course leave a review rating wherever you're listening to this fine podcast. Um, I'm not going to tell you what's st- what number rating to leave us, but you can figure it out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, if, but it, it if, you know, if you, the best way to reach Smive. us, Smive <laughs> stars, uh, would be one, one way Smive to go. Bars. Um, but, uh, you know, the best way to reach us directly is to, to shoot us an, in, an email, uh, which will be delivered directly into our, uh, inbox. And, uh, and that is at hello at stuff. That's real.com. Um, and that's, if you got an interesting idea, something that, you know, Hey, you guys should riff on this for a while, or 
you know, hey, I was doing some research and, you know, I'm writing my own book and I'm a thriller author. And I, I was, you know, thinking this would be fascinating. And if you don't, if you're not afraid, then you can jump on the show with us and uh, we'll get we'll get you up here and you can talk about what's cool um, to you as well. So uh, shoot us an email. It all starts there. It's hello at stuff that's real dot com. Um, or just keep listening and, you know, clicking that like button wherever you're seeing it. So I guess as always, that's good. come tune in next week. Keep it real and cool. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Stuff that's real. Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str.